welcome to In My Mug, episode 362. Um, today, no news. Today, no Roland's daft fact. Thank God. We can put this away. <laughs> yeah. I was having a bad, weird dream when we came up with that idea. Um, uh, because we have a special guest, uh, I'm joined by my, um, my good friend um, and one of my favourite coffee producers... We don't want your dad say let me say that. Um, uh, coffee producer from Nicaragua and Honduras, Mr. Erwin Maresh. Um, so the coffee we're doing this week is obviously uh, El Salvadorian. Uh, <laughs> it's Nicaragua. <laughs> okay. um, and we're going to be doing um, one of the coffees that we've first year of having it. So if people want to find out your story. We're doing a tamper tantrum in a couple of weeks where Erwin talks a little bit about the family and stuff like that. We recorded that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go and watch it there. We're not going to do that, but we're going to talk a little bit about San Jose, the farm. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's fairly new to the family. How long ago did you start working the land there and tell us a little bit about the history of it? No, it's, it's, a, it's one of our first farms. You know, uh, I'm sorry, one of our newest farms. You know, we bought it that uh, farm off the bank, at the, uh, from the bank, you know, so it was like around 2006. Um, so it was uh, like uh, the bank had these two farms, which is San Jose and La Escondida, mm-hmm. and uh, that uh, they had taken over and they had they had been, well, they say working, but they were really abandoned. You know, uh, La Escondida was all cattle land, and the, uh, and uh, San Jose is the part where they had some a little bit of coffee. So I mean, that's the thing with Escondida, and when well, I've done Escondida on here uh, a few weeks back. Um, it was a brand new plantation there, but on San Jose you had some varietals already there. Yes. Uh, yes. What what were there? What was there when you took well, over? When we first took it over, you know, we had a little bit of Caturra, which was in the entrance of the farm. That was around uh, twelve hundred and fifty meters above sea level. And is and, that still there? Uh, that's still there. Yeah. We have taken out part of it, you know, to uh, to replant. Yeah. Uh, because it was just too old, and, and we got hit up with some rust as well. Okay. You know, and uh, but then the rest of the farm was uh, red gatoy. Okay. And it, that's that has that, gone, hasn't it? No, that's still there. Oh, that's still there that's as well. Still there. Oh, okay, I've you never know, seen the red from there. No, yeah. most of it's red Oh, Okay. You know, actually, the, the, the most amount of coffee we have coming out of there is red gatoy. I'm saying that this is the first year of working with it, so. Yes. I, but I mean, I've seen samples from the farm for the last few years but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've kind of avoided it if I'm honest not because I didn't like the cup I liked the cup a lot but like we've got a farm in El Salvador that's called San Jose oh, okay. and I mean it's a very common name yes, um, yes. but like I just thought this is going to get really confusing but then <laughs> we cooked this lot that we have here at the mill with you and Eliane this year and we're just like I've got to have this one. I don't yes. care about the complexity of the name. Who cares? Right. Um, so, what other varietals do you have on the farm now? Because okay. I know you've done a lot of planting. Yeah, now. no, we have, in the new areas of the farm we started planting. Well, well, the first thing that we planted was the the Javanica, which is the the longberry. Yeah. You know, so uh, we got that from you know out of there and it produced wonderfully. Then we planted uh, some yellow pacamara, which, which is this taken, one. This one has taken us a while for it to really start producing because it's so since it's so high up it's, it, it grows much slower you know and uh, just recently we planted you know recently about two years ago we planted uh, some Aborina, you know, which is the, the low uh, the naturally low producing uh, caffeine uh, coffee I, and uh, I kind of I know the story behind this one but I'm going to do it anyways like hey did you end up with that coffee because that's <laughs> Pretty difficult to get hold of. You can't go into a seed shop and say, "Can I have some Lorena, please?" And they yeah. go, "Certainly. How much would you like, sir?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was in Brazil, you know, uh, at, at the university there in uh, Minas Gerais, and uh, they had it, and uh, I kind of got it, you know, 
illegally. <laughs> kind of the way you, you borrowed it. I borrowed, borrowed it exactly. You know, but uh, but no, I mean it was kind of the way you you got your cable, your telephone cable. You know, you told them you were taking it. You know, so I guess like you say, if you tell them you're taking it, it's not really considered it's stealing. Not, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to have this. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you found it funny. <laughs> exactly. And that's what happened with the seeds. That's what happened with the seeds. Obviously, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't want an abuse, you know, so I only took about a handful, <laughs> you know, and uh, so when we, when we first started, it was only very, I mean, uh, 20, 30, you know, trees that we had, you know, so from there we had... So 20 trees, even after four years, will give you, what, 20 pounds, maybe? Uh, not even, no. not even that much, you know, uh, because I mean the, the the seed is so small, of course. and the, the, the yields are so low, you know they don't weigh that much. You know we're getting, you know maybe ten pounds. You know so. And so then you were taking that ten pounds and then and using it as seed again, right? You know. Right. But because of the way that La Guarina is, you know, uh, you have a much lower percentage of sprouting than you do, you know, from the regular. Uh, compared to the regular coffee. So, so for those at home that may not kind of know you, to get a seed, you've got to like, the moisture content has to remain in the seed. Exactly. You start like a potato, you'll get a sprout come mm -hmm. off it. And if it sprouts, then you can get a little soldier from it, which will right. then turn into something you can use. Or it just won't sprout and it's no exactly. good. And you lose, you so lose, normally you lose that would be... For what the sprouting? Yeah. The sprouting normally takes uh, anywhere between 40 to 60 days. And, and But how much, would, how many would normally sprout and how many would oh, normally okay. normal on, 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 on normal varietal, you have anywhere between 75 to 82% you know, of sprouting. Uh, and on Lorena? On Laurina, on Laurina, we had maybe 20%. Oh. You know, uh, because I mean, it's, it, it's uh, that's one of, the re one of the other reasons why this variety has been disappearing from around the world, you know. It comes from a, from a variety, you know, from Reunion Island off the coast of, of Africa. Uh, you know, there it's called Bourbon Point yeah. Two. Yep. You know, so um, uh, some UCC uh, gentlemen decided to rescue it and they took it to, uh, to, uh, to sorry, I was going to say Bolivia, to Brazil where they actually did some work on it, you know, in this new variety, I'm not really sure what it is that they did, you know, but this new variety is called, you know, La Guarina. You know? So, I mean, they, what they tend to do at those places, they'll be splicing and kind of bringing in other varietals, don't they, and changing right. the, the makeup of it a little bit, exactly. but keeping the major characteristics. Right, right. So, point two, because... It's very pointy. You yeah. know, it's a very small seed. You know, it's, it's kind of like a. It, it is a long berry as well. Yeah. You know, but it's very pointy as well on both sides. Yeah, I mean, you definitely see some heirloom like qualities in 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 the seed, can't you? Right. And and so the first auction of that, the first lot that you had of that was twenty seven pounds. Twenty seven pounds, yes. And that yeah. was sold uh, where? We sold it through our internet, our, our, our auction, our estate, you know, private, uh, private estate auction. And uh, we were able to get one hundred and thirty dollars, you know, from from the auction. You know, the I was bidding on that up until about one hundred and twenty dollars, <laughs> and then I just thought, "What am I doing? Stop! Like that's craziness!" And we ended up buying the yellow pacamara from Limoncillo instead, right. yes. and we bought the two lots, and we're much happier with that coffee. Yeah, and I remember, you know, uh, I think Kentaro was the one bidding with you. you yeah. Know? So he thought he had it because you were going after the the, the Laurina. And then when you switched down and went to the to the yellow pacamara, you know he went crazy. <laughs> he was taking both. He, he, there was two lots. And he was taking both, and you ended up taking one from him. That's right. That's right. That dragged the auction out a little bit longer. Yes, didn't it? No, it, did. it did. Yeah. No, the Lorena was just like, this is crazy. Why am I doing it? So where did that end up? Where did that? 
end up going. That one went to a gentleman in Japan. You know, he decided to buy it because he was getting married and the ceremony was going to be at night. You know, so he wanted uh, for his uh, guest to have a good, you know, cup of coffee with no, ca- well, very little caffeine. You know, and uh, you know, he decided to decided to do it that way. And this year you had 2025 bags. I mean, is that production going to ramp up? Are you planting more, or is uh, that kind of where no, it's going to be? No, we're planting more, you know, but uh, uh, we're still in the learning process of how to manage it. You know, uh, whenever we plant a new variety, you know, we don't just plant it and forget about it. We try to see how to manage it. You know, uh, with uh, the growth of new, new, uh, new tissue. You know, the pruning, the fertilizing. You know, how to uh, combat diseases. You know, like rust and all of that. You know, so uh, we're still in that process. So we're being kind of careful in the, how we continue the growth of it, because we don't want to make a mistake. Yeah. You know? And 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 so I've kind of gone off track a little bit because the coffee we're talking about today is the Yellow Pacamara, not a Larina. Right, right. Um, tell us. I mean, I, I know we've done this before on in my mug. This is like your third in my mug now, and and right. you know you you get an old hand at it, and we've done the Yellow Pacamara. But tell us about how that Yellow Pacamara got found and how you ended up developing that well I mean the, the yellow pacamara that we have in San Jose comes from sea stock that we isolated in, in Limoncillo yeah you know in Limoncillo basically uh, we had a uh, we had a, one of our plots of red pacamara you know show that we had like three trees they weren't together they were scattered around you know of uh, there were pacamaras that were producing you know yellow cherries uh, we had the security guard come and you know bring that to our attention you know, and uh, our first. And this is super unusual. I mean, before I heard of this, I'd never heard of yellow. I've never seen a yellow pacamara. It's just right. something that it, you get red pacamara and some fruiting cherries. You know, they just yes. red, aren't they? You don't get those deviations. Right. Something like bourbon, you do, and you know, exactly. like katura, but you just don't see it in something like a pacamara right. normally. No, exactly. I mean, that's something. I mean, I, I asked. Uh, I was able. I mean, I was at a cupping event. You know, in Salvador with with the people from Pro Cafe. They're 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 the experiment station arm of El Consejo, yeah. you know, Salvador, they're very, very good, you know, so I asked them if they have ever heard of the Yellow Pacamara, you know, and they told me they didn't exist, you know, then I started pulling out, okay, here are my leaves, you know, here's my coffee, here's the pictures of my cherry, and, and here's the coffee, let's try it, you know, at that point, they were like, shh, please, you know, don't say it, don't say anything, we're working on isolating this variety, but we don't want producers to be coming up, you know, to us, asking us, you know, for seeds when it's not ready yet. You know, uh, so yeah, they were a little surprised to find out that we had already isolated it and we already were producing a little bit. And what's the major difference between the red and the yellow pacamara? I mean, are the differences on the cupping table? Oh no, they're day and night. I mean, uh, the the red, you know, you have a lot more uh, like red fruit, strawberries, you know, um, red currant, things like that. You know, uh, and the yellow for me when I'm cupping it, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is just yellow, you know, stone fruit, pineapple, peach, apricots, peach, yes, those kind of know, crazy uh, yellow very fruits. Very tropical. Yeah, you know, it's a very tropical, you know, coffee. They and, hate it when I start talking colors on the cupping table because I use it a lot. I like this tastes of purple. I'm like, what the hell does purple taste of? <laughs> tastes like that. Exactly. <laughs> um, but like, it, it really is, and 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 I love the chant, the, the the thing that people can try the yellow and the reds of the same process on, right. on the site. And with the limoncillo, we've done that this year with the red and yellow pacamara, mm-hmm. and they are just so so different. They are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, like you know, and it's weird because they they come from the same stock. I mean, so yeah. uh, you can't say. I mean, 
mean, that, that's a natural... I mean, you can't say it's been... Uh, it's a mutation because of cross-pollination and stuff like that, because at first, you know, we said, okay, you know, the, the easy answer is that it's cross-pollination. Uh, that, that, from, I'll be honest, that's what I, I've, I've always thought it is, yeah. is like that, that cross-pollination, but I was shocked early when you told me. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 our farm manager, you know, he very politely said, look, I mean, how can it be a cross-pollination if we don't have any yellow... <laughs> Coffees are there. We don't have yellow bourbons, we don't have yellow pepois, we don't have any yellow. It takes a genius to point that one out, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because you, you're a bit foolish yeah. afterwards. You're like, oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, so when you think about it, you know, I mean, uh, Pacamara is a cross between the Pacas and the Maragogip. You know, um, the, the Pacas, you know, comes, it's a, it's a bourbon variety, you know, and the bourbon does have some yellow bourbon. So maybe Oops. it's been, you know, a gene, you know, that's been passed on from there you know that's coming out just right now mm. you know? all that red gene's been recessive and actually the yellow gene's had a chance to thrive or like yeah, yeah. I, I i love that this is a thing that you know like i i for me i just always thought ask oh, cross-pollination you've right. blown my world today by thinking it, i'm going to think it's something something different and new now yes, so yes, yes. ruined it for me ruined it <laughs> no what's funny is that right now that i mean in honduras we're planting the the yellow pacamara and uh, something that happens even with the red, you always have a certain percentage, anywhere between 10 to 15 percent, you know, of the that seed, of the pacamara seeds, that regress either to pacas or to maragogips. Oh wow! You know, um, I didn't know that. In uh, in the red, they regress to you know they, they produce red pacas, you know, or red maragogips. So we're assuming that with the yellow, it's going to be yellow pacas and yellow maragogips. So we have you know whenever we select those out of the nursery. We have actually started planting those, you know, separately. You know, the the yellow pacas and the yellow managuajibs wow. to see what it is that comes. I mean, I've definitely never ever seen yellow pacas. Never. I mean, I, 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 is there such a thing, or would this be like something? Uh, well, new? I mean, again, I, I've never, I have never seen it. You know, so managuajib. I, th- I think the are the yellow managuajib. I've I've never seen a yellow managuajib. No? no. Oh wow. You know, so okay. Um, again, I mean, we're assuming they're going to be yellow. So hopefully. Hopefully that's the case, and hopefully the cup will be different and it will be really good, you know. But it's still too early to tell. Way to try the yellow packers. We haven't. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. Like I'm a massive packers fan. Like I am. I'm. I love packers. We, yes. we we were buying from this one farm in El Salvador, which was where the first packers was found. Okay. okay. Um, and they'd never been isolated till about four years ago, and we went on the farm. And we were like. What you just mix them with the bourbon? Yeah, yeah. It's like separate, separate. Unfortunately, we can't get them now because the ownership has changed. But oh, it was wow. uh, it was such a so devastating to try pacas for the first time from the mm-hmm. first farm where pacas was found. It was yeah. like it was a big deal for me. No, know? it is. I, I I love the pacas. So I, I I really hope we get a chance to taste the yellow pacas. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, nothing will. in my eye. Good, 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 good. And then, I mean, the yellow pacamara, I remember the first time that I tasted it. It was about four or five years ago. You've got mm-hmm. this very small lot that you were just, just for cupping. Right. And you were going, look at this. I remember the moment. I just like, sell me that. Sell me that now. And he's like, no, no, you got to wait. you got to wait. Yeah. So how have you marketed it? I mean, I know the first one we bought was through the auction. I mean, is that the first right. way that you sold it was through yes, the auction? Yes, it was through the auction. Yes. You know, now, obviously, this year we had a little bit more production because of all the work that we've been doing for the past, you know, uh, six, seven years. And uh, so we, we did select the, the best lo- lots you know, from the Yellow Pacamadas to go to the auction. Yeah. But we also had some other really good lots that were sold, kind of like what you, know, you were bought and, and you have sold here. Yeah. 
So the first the first year you only really did the wash with them. What what prompted you to yes. do a natural and and, and I know um, you did a pulp natural. Did you do the you did a, a funky for us as well? Yes, yes. Um, did you do any of the Perla Negra as well? No, we haven't done the Perla Negra. Oh, okay, yet. you know, I mean uh, that was what, what, to, <laughs> to do with that chair yes. in particular. Well, exactly. No, but I mean, since we don't have we haven't had that much yellow pacamara, we really haven't experimented that much you know, with the different processes. Yeah. you know, we've kept it. I mean, obviously the first year it was totally washed. We want to see what it was. Was then uh, last year my did my sister did you know uh, a pulp natural yeah. and uh, this year she did a a, a, a washed a pulp natural and 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 a natural as well you know and the, and, and the funky, funky when we actually phoned up from the mill and said to them have you got the yellow pacamara coming in today I'm living yeah. so like put it to one side and yeah, I exactly. remember going and seeing the cherries in the bag like bruising up and stuff and going right. yay <laughs> so that was very exciting exactly exactly um so um. I want to kind of talk a little bit about the way that you work the farms. So mm-hmm. I, I get the feeling that you run your farms quite differently to a way a lot of farms are running Nicaragua. Um, uh, and, and a lot of the re- people ask me why I end up traveling to Origin every year. So like, once I've been to your farms, do I need to go again and again? And a lot of the reason I go is to get a feeling, get a feeling for how the people who are working there re- respond and react to the people who own the farms mm-hmm. because to be honest, you, you know, you're a fit and healthy guy, well-dressed, you know, you've worked hard for those things, you had a career before you were in it, but, you know, I'm not feeling sorry if you was an impoverished farmer, like, you know, just as you shouldn't for me, but, you know, it's a business, but the people who work for you, it's important that they're looked after, I mean, Nicaragua is one of the, I think it's the second poorest country in the Northern Hemisphere, right. you know, there's lots of issues with the people who live there to be looked so what do you do as a producer to kind of to look after those people because whenever I come onto the farm I have this feeling that the people are quite keen to see you and they're quite pleased to see you I mean that, that seems a, a very genuine response that you get from the people there yes well no I mean uh, one of the things uh, we're very very family focused not only to our immediate family but also to the families that work on the farms you yes. know I'm fourth generation coffee producer if you want to call me a coffee producer uh, <laughs> But um, there are some families, uh, we have around 60, on average 60 families more or less that live in Placeres, another 60 families in Limosillo, another 60 families live in, in both Los Altos and Mamamina, you know, so, but in most, uh, most of the families that live on these two farms in Limosillo and Placeres, they're also, you know, fourth, fifth generation. You know, so their grandfather, you know, knew my grandfather, they, you know, they knew my mother, who was actually the one who was running the farms, you know. Um, so, you know, we, everything that we do in, in coffee, you know, all the cells that we do, you know, uh, we do it with them in mind. You know, we try to improve their quality of life, you know, through the results of our, you know, work in coffee. Um, we've been blessed enough that my father, a medical doctor, you know, he retired, so he's a retirement fund, is from medicine, you know. Um, uh, up to about a year and a half ago when I was working at Cup of Excellence, you know, my salary came from Cup of Excellence, you know, so I wasn't getting a salary out of, out of the farms. My sister, she was a nurse, you know, so she used to get her salary from there. Uh, it was, it's not till this year that she actually, she's actually getting a salary for running the mill, you know, so... Which is hard work. <laughs> you definitely want money for doing that stuff. Yes, no, it is hard work, you know, but uh, so everything that, you know, the, the mill has been producing, sorry, not the mill, the farms have been producing, you know, or fincas marriage, all the farms goes back to the farms to improve the quality of life for our workers. You know, um, <clears throat> we have you know a school 
you know, on placeres en el Monsillo, you know, and, and also en Los, uh, los Altos, uh, Los Altos, it's on Los Altos, but it's for both Los Altos and Mamamina. In San Jose, you know, we also have, um, you know, a daycare, we have a community kitchen, we have uh, a country store, you know, where, you know, people can go in and buy at cost everything that we buy in bulk, you know, from Manawa at a much cheaper price. And I guess you can do that because you've got all of the stores as well. It's not like one of the farm stores, exactly. it's all of them. And I, I got to see firsthand the delivery arriving of that on Escondida last time. And it was like right. cans of pop and crisps and chocolate. Yes. And that, like, I mean, how important is that? Because whenever we drive to the farms, I think oh, it's an area in the car, it's okay. But I mean, how long is that going to take somebody from the farm to go to the town? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, like you said, for us in the car directly, I mean, it's about an hour, but I mean, for them to... For a worker at a farm actually to get out of the farm and make it to the, to the closest town, if they want to make it to Montagalpa, it's going to take them at least a full day. You know, if, they, if they're in, in San Jose... It's a long way to go for a tin of pop. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, if they're in San Jose or La Escondida, it's going to take them half a day to get to Hinotega. Wow. You know, so uh, it's... Um, it's quite far. That's it's why a bit of a mission, isn't it? And so having the store there is just... But also... I mean, if you go to Ginotega, I'm guessing it's going to be more expensive there than the, the stuff you've been able to buy from Managua. No, exactly. I mean, we have been able to, to centralize this and buy in bulk, you know, everything in Managua from the places that actually supply most of the stores in both Matagalpa and Ginotega. So right. uh, we've, we actually have people from Matagalpa going to our country stores on the farms to buy things so they can go resell in Matagalpa. Wow. So it's... Uh, uh, it's our way to, to, to help you know the, the workers out you know uh, and uh, obviously you know I'm not trying to say that we're Mother Teresa you know that we're giving everything out for free we're not no. you know it's got to be sustainable you know so uh, you know we, we you know we keep it at cost you know for them in order well, to so you, was, you were saying earlier about that you used to give the medication out for free on exactly. the farms and now you've started charging but the cost price because people were taking the medication and selling it that's right and it you just it's so right that it just can't be it has to be sustainable in, in a way but right. so, I mean like at the school um, it must be difficult to get teachers to come and teach on a farm I it mean, is it is I mean obviously everybody wants to be a teacher in, in the major city that's the yeah. easiest you know, way to, to to work, you know. So I mean, we built a we built the school, so the, the 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 facility, the infrastructure is ours. You know, the government, you know, uh, assigns a teacher where they pay the teacher a salary, mm -hmm. which is like in in any other country around the world, the teachers make you know peanuts, you know, for the work that they do. You know, so what we do is we actually give them a com complimentary uh, salary. So we it, we give them another salary if they, as if they were a basic worker on our farm. So they make their own, the salary from the state, you know, plus the salary that we give them. We give them food. We give them a place to live. You know, so um, what they you know what the money that they make is theirs take home free. Of, you know. Uh, uh, so I mean, we're trying to encourage them that way. In order, in do you tend to keep the teachers longer because of that? We do. That's, that's what I was going to say. You know, in most uh, other schools in, uh, out in the country, you have a high turnover of teachers. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we actually have our teachers fighting to try to stay there. You know, fantastic. Now, again, you know, whenever there's a uh, teacher strike, because they they're, they happen very often, you know, in Nicaragua, you know, we don't allow our teachers to go on strike. Okay. You know, because we're like, look, I mean, yes, your salary from the government is very low, but we're giving you also money, you know, to work. So don't take it out on the kids. The kids need to go to school. So, yeah. you know, continue doing it. You know, so no, nobody knows that you're not going to strike <laughs> because we're away from the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that so. seems that seems fair because that's the thing with any teacher strike, isn't it? The kids are the ones who who end up getting affected. Right. Yeah. 
So, so I mean, what next for the farms? I mean, do you see like do you see family like keeping them out of farms? Have you any plans to take? Because obviously Honduras is something that you've started to embark on personally. Right. Um, you know, is there any plans within Nicaragua to do anything else, or is there like? Well, no. I mean, uh, my dad always, you know, is trying to do more and more and more. You know, but. Uh, we got into How old's Dr. Moresh now? Like, so I'm too scared to ask him myself because he's a scary man. He's a lovely man. I've no need to be scared of him, but he just scares the hell out of me. <laughs> no, uh, no, he's 71, you know, but uh, he keeps on saying that he wants to do all these experiments, you know, big and fast because he only has another 10, 15 years left of life. You know, but he's been saying that for you know the past ten years. Um, no, he's. Gonna I mean, he's one of the fit. He's going to outlive us all. He's one of the fittest and most sprightly guys I've seen. He runs around those farms when we get up there, yeah, and he's yeah, like, he he's no problem. I remember when the the car got stuck uh, the one time actually on San Jose, and he was the one that was like, "Oh, we'll move this and we'll do this," and he was yeah. like lumping things out the back of the truck and. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you wouldn't believe he's seventy-one. You just would not <laughs> no, believe. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but, He'd still uh, kick my ass, I'm sure, as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he kicks my ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, no, so he's always trying to, 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 you know, to to plant more, to grow more, you know. But um, you know, we we've gotten to the point where you know, uh, okay, we need to we need to make this thing work now. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's enough investment. You know, the scale to, is we, there we need, almost, isn't exactly. it? It's about to start to re- reap the rewards, exactly. maybe. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean. Uh, we're talking about you know, the future of this. I mean, you know, my kids are you know, fifth generation. No, what? You know, for the yeah, other fifth, you know, having a hard time counting here. You know, fifth generation, you know. But I mean, right now, as it is right now, they. I mean, my two oldest who are already out in the workforce, they can't come work with the farms because they can't pay them a salary. Yeah. You know, so not that we want them to work for us right now. We want them to get good, solid, you know, education, experience in in, in coffee before they can come and you know, actually start, you know, giving something back to the company. Yes. You know, so um, if the farms can't pay a salary for a professional to run them, then it's actually not sustainable itself. Yeah. You know, so uh, we're at that crossroads right now where, okay, we've invested a lot into the farms, you know, we've done a lot of marketing for it, now it's time to, to organize it where is it is actually a business. If it can't be a business, you know, and run itself as a business, you know, if I were to pass away, my father, you know, my sisters, and then, you know, they got to hire somebody professionally to, to run them, you know. So we want to make sure that we get to that point and, and, and organize it in that sense. That's, I mean, you must be really proud of how the auction platform that you've set up has worked out for you I mean the, 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 it seems like from the outside a massive success yes. I mean has that helped sales in, in general I mean, I'm kind of carrying on here because I'm enjoying this too much but like has that helped introduce new buyers or has it really just been buyers that are already friends who are like having a chance to buy these small micro lots? Okay. no I mean it's uh, obviously the, the, the buyers the friends that know what we produce you know they know that the quality of the, the lots that are being sold there are the much much I mean, they're, they're actually the best ones that we've for that one year you know they end up they end up buying because they know what's there you know but we we always I mean the past three years we've had you know good you know 20 30 percent 
of new buyers coming in, you know, finding out what the quality is. So it's, I mean, the idea of the auction is to serve as a promotional tool for for us. Yep. It's not a selling tool. We, we, don't, we don't pretend that we're going to go and sell all our coffees through an auction. It's impossible. Nah. You know, um, maybe, well, maybe not impossible, but it's, it's too much work. And It's impossible to achieve the prices that you've achieved on the auction, exactly. you know, you, and, and then it becomes a lottery. And Do you really want to do that or have exactly. some consistency of price and, and stuff exactly. like that? You know, so um, so yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's a promotional tool. Yeah. Know, something to put our name out there to 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 prove the of the quality that we're we're capable of producing. You know, and that has helped us as well. You know, uh, I think it's definitely worked. I mean, for me, um, you know, your farms have become probably the most famous coffees coming out of Nicaragua. I struggle to think of other farms that have had as much exposure as as you guys have had with your farms. Um, so if it's a promotional tool, it's definitely done its thing. It's, that's that's our objective. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we should go and do the map bit and show people the uh, the, the the outlines of Escondida okay. and up to San Jose. Can I ask a question? You know, oh, uh, no, you? no. Okay. I, I do the questions. No. Go on. Go on. <laughs> no, but I mean, you, you've been coming to Nicaragua. You know, once you share since two thousand and five. Once you share here with, years. With, with with your viewers, you know what I mean. Why do they call you Rojito? <laughs> so rajito means red yes um i think partly that <laughs> partly this partly i'm normally sunburnt because i never turn up at the beginning of the trip it's always halfway through or at the end and my <laughs> nose is peeling and i'm bright red yes. um yeah you know it started off on the farms didn't it we were yes. up on the farms and he was like rajito and then you came back and told everybody in the cupping lab and they were like rajito and then they told everybody in the mill and he was rajito and i was like oh <laughs> so yes i definitely have a nickname in nick nowhere else just Nick right? No, no, I'm going to do this because, uh, you know, oh, Kenzie, she course, said, yeah, say, yes. hello to, say hello to Rojito for me. Yes, yes, I do. I appreciated that on Cerro as well, <laughs> as well where everybody was Rojito as well. So it's definitely a nickname that's stuck when I've been there. It's, right, uh, right. it's kind of cute. I kind of like it. I can live with it. Yes. But I've been called a lot worse than Red. <laughs> a lot worse, trust me. And in producing countries too. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it, I mean, it's, and that's the thing. He's like, again, the friendliness when I go on the farms. That's the kind of thing that happens is that it's just, it. it just seems really friendly. Yes. I mean, Nicaragua as a country seems. I, I I hear it a lot, so I'm going to say it out loud that I hear it. So it's like really safe, like really comfortable compared yes. to other centers like Guatemala. I don't like Guatemala very much. Like I like the country and I like the people. I like the coffee, but Guatemala City, I, I stay in the hotel. But in Managua, I I went out walking and I was I went for ages and I went right. around and stuff and felt incredibly safe. I mean, what why is that? Because you know, you would think a country that had a high levels of poverty and, and you know and issues with you know social mobility and all of those would actually be be worse. Why? Mm -hmm. Why do you think it is such a safe country? Well, um, just the, the the people in Nicaragua they're very friendly. Yeah. You know, very hospitable, and uh, yeah, I mean you have seen it. You yeah. know, but also Massively. we went you know through ten years of internal struggle, you know, of civil war, where life didn't mean anything between us. You know, and uh, I think that you know everybody kind of got sick. And tired of death and you know the, the, the infighting, you know that now you know it's uh, it's not worth it. You know, um, it, it it definitely you do get that feeling. And like, I've heard it from people, and I've kind of gone, "Is it?" Really? Yeah. But then you go and you go, "Actually, this, this feels really comfortable." And and definitely the being nice to each other. It's not something you see so much in Central America, <laughs> but you do no, in Nicaragua. You kind of really do, really right. do feel that, and it yeah, it's it's really nice. I, I do, I do like. Uh, I, I normally like to finish my trip there, if I'm honest, because it's mm -hmm. a great airport to fly from anyway. Mm -hmm. But um, 
I don't know, just at the end of the trip, I just fancy some niceness and not some scary guns everywhere. And like, you know, you go to El Salvador and every bank you walk past is a man with a gun and like all that. And it just seems a little less in Nicaragua. So. Yes, yes. Right, we better go and get this tasty coffee. Actually, no, Matt bit. And when you come back, we'll be tasting the coffee. Very nice man, isn't he, that Mr. Maresh? I like him a lot. No, Irwin's great fun. Um, and I hope you're enjoying this super long but super fun in my mug. Um, so we're going across to uh, Central America, first of all. And then, of course, we're going to focus down into Nicaragua. Um, Nicaragua, the first ever coffee country that I visited. I must have told everybody that about six billion times. Um, but, uh, yeah, great country. Uh Lots of potential there, not a lot of uh, altitude, but it is also known as Central America's tropical paradise because of its diverse wildlife, culture and history. See, in my mug is not only entertaining, but it's informative. Infotainment. Um, But we're going down to San Jose and um, there we can see on the mountain, it's on the side of the mountain and it's super close to uh, Escondida and very, very close to Ginotega. So we should see whether we can kind of spin round and kind of see where they are. So there we're going to spin around. Isn't it fancy views? So there you can see the whole valley. It's literally on the side. And it goes all the way up to that hill as well. And the lowest point of uh, Nicaragua, of course, is the Pacific Ocean. And the highest point, saying it doesn't have much altitude, 2,438 metres. But that's pretty uh, pretty much an anomaly. And you can see just over the mountain, that's Ginotega. So that's the town um, that uh, it's most famous for. Uh, most famous for. It's the town closest to the farm. It's not famous for it or anything. What a load of rubbish I'm talking here. But we're whizzing around and we can see uh, just in the distance, the farm. It looks really close. You have to go all the way around that mountain to get to it, so it's not very close. Um, but that was the map bit. So we're back, and we've got some coffees. I hope it was a good map bit, by the way. Um, I should have good coordinates for it. So you have an espresso machine in the brew, in the cupping lab, don't you? Uh, we do. And do, do you we drink do. much espresso, or is it mainly uh, brewed? Or no, no, it's mainly brewed. Yeah. We don't, you know, we don't like espresso that much. No, <laughs> it's an acquired taste, kind of like scotch, you know. But mm. we haven't been. Well, able you to... like scotch, I remember that one. Yeah, well, I don't be. remember much of it. But <laughs> <laughs> I always like, I, I always like to buy presents for people that like to share their scotch, and you always do share yes. it when I bring it, so it's always good. <laughs> so. This coffee, it's a natural, but I, I think it has a, it's a very mild natural. I think mm-hmm. it's definitely more elegant than, than some of the naturals that we've had from yes, you before. Probably. I get a real dark chocolate with it, and I get like a mint. Like, we have these sweets that are kind of like chocolate limes. Yes. And it just reminds me of chocolate limes in the mint. It's a right. really kind of limey kind of kick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this in espresso. It's actually yes. probably my favourite way of drinking this coffee. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I like the acidity. It's very crisp, you yeah. know, pineapple. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's, one thing I find really hard roasting Pacamaras is actually getting that acidity out. It can be really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very easy to screw them up. And we we spend days, actually, when we get a new Pacamara going, <laughs> it, it tastes like this on the cupping table, but we suddenly start brewing with it mm-hmm. and go, oh, it's a bit roasty, or you're getting you know, a lot of those negative notes come out. Um, it's a real pig. Is it, is it harder to process it? I mean, do you find Pacamaras um, harder than... Say Katora. 
No, not really. I mean, we have the the, the depulper machine that we have is uh, is a conical one. I was thinking you know. more alongside along the lines of drying because it's obviously oh, dry, a bigger okay. bean and stuff. Yeah, no, like it is that. bigger bean. I mean, obviously, as a natural, it's much easier the pacamara. You know, but uh, but um, uh, no, I mean, it's about the same. I okay, mean, it's all about moving the coffee around, stirring it, so you get more of a uniform drying. You know, because we we just find that you know the, because of the size of it, it's like if you're cooking a thick steak, you've got to approach it differently to cooking the, a slither steak. And mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. pacamaras are thick steaks, and yes, um, yes. it's very easy to cook the outside, but un- underdevelop the inside. Exactly. Um, and we have a massive hassle with them, but and then normally with a natural coffee, I expect it to like punch through the milk, and I don't find mm-hmm. it punching through the milk as much as I would maybe like it to. Right, right. But you just get that nice delicate coffee flavour sitting underneath, which is yes. You know, if you're following judges protocols of coffee competitions mm-hmm. you know you just want a coffee flavor exactly, exactly. and, and it, it does sit there really nicely um it does. i'm not a fan of moo moo juice though um <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say the milk yeah yeah i'm a little susceptible to it so. what's the what's the milk like in in nicaragua i can't remember actually is it like uht kind of stuff or do you find lots of fresh milk or yeah man I'm just walk down walk out of the house and milk the cow I knew you were going to say that. I so knew you were going to say Like You're such a cowboy. A plastic cowboy, though. A plastic cowboy. I remember the first time that we um, we came to the house and you got the horses. Uh-huh. And you were, like, you were like, come on, Steve, get on a horse. I'm not getting on a horse. They're broken. I can't steer them. There's nowhere to put the key. <laughs> There's no headlights or anything. Well, there is, but I don't think you want to put them in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and were you there in Bolivia when we went? Horse riding. Went the no, f- no, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Andrew Ford from um, Mountain Top. Right. Yes. Was it Mountain Top? Yeah. yeah. Andrew Ford. Uh, yeah. Yes. From Australia. So like he's a bit of a plastic cowboy like yourself, <laughs> and I'm on this horse, and I'm like, I don't like this. And he came along and just slapped the back of my horse, and it just went, and I didn't know where to stop it. He had to literally like he thought I was joking. I was like, I can't stop it, <laughs> and he had to chase along me and show me how to stop the horse because there's no brakes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, completely off topic again. Um, so at home, how do you normally drink coffee? How, like like this? Yeah, yeah. 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 So what with Chemex or Aeropress or like <laughs> percolator, <cactus>? man? Percolator. <laughs> well, it's easy. You just set it with the alarm. Or, mm-hmm. For it to start brewing at four thirty in the morning, you know, when we're up and about around five, we just drink it. Yeah. Whenever we have time, you know, we'll do the Chemex. Yes. Yeah. I, I everybody knows on here like I'm proper obsessed with Chemex. For me, it's yeah. my favorite brew method. I mean, even yeah. at home, that's all I drink at home. Yes. No, my, my favorite, it, you know, it had to be also the Chemex. You know, uh, Steve, my brother Steve gave me a, a what you might call it, the, the Aeropress, but yeah. I haven't been able to get that one done yet. There's a great brew guide for it on our website if you ever want, and it tells you exactly how to do it all. Um, so the brewed coffee, like I, I do, I, the espresso is definitely my favourite for this coffee. I know that it really is. Like that chocolate lime comes through in here. The lime in this one is, is still there, but it's a, for me it's a little bit, un, like it's a little bit more under. Um, I think the descriptor I've used on the website, if I remember, like when we first cupped it, was mojito. Mm-hmm. So it's got a little bit of a mint to it. It's got a little bit yes. of a lime kind of like, you know, interesting acidity. It's unusual for a natural though to have that much acidity. I mean, right. what what do you think you've done differently? What, you know, what do you do differently to other people's naturals? Oh boy, I'm, I'm not really, I mean, we don't really do anything 
you know, specific to increase the, the, the acidity. But then I you guess know, the yellow Pacamara tends to be higher acidity. The yellow pac- yeah, it does have a little higher acidity. And uh, also this one, you know, this is one of our highest Pacamaras. This one, we've got it planted around 1450. Right. Meters above sea level. Yeah. You know, so it is, uh, the acidity does come through a lot more. And is that because of the slower maturation of the cherries, do you think, or...? Is it like what? What is it that makes acidity increase with higher altitudes? Because okay. um, I give these guys all the figures all the time, so I'll say, you yeah. know, this is nineteen hundred meters. It's a Bourbon, and then I get people say, "So why do you tell us the altitude?" And they kind of go, "I don't know. I just know it, so I'm telling it." Yeah. <laughs> Somebody told it me. I was sharing the information with you. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, uh, I really don't know. I mean, it's a good question, you know, because uh, we do have like in Mamamina and in in, uh, in Los Altos, we have the same altitude. You know, we have a slower ripening, you know, period because of all the humidity, the sh- uh, the cloud. Uh, you get a lot of low cloud in there, don't you? Yeah. She's like, and during the morning and during the evenings, the cloud right. drops really quickly, exactly. doesn't it? But I remember particularly on Mama Mina, just kind of going, oh my God, it was like a, somebody had put a smoke machine on yeah, it, it was filling the whole valley. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, I mean, at, the, at that farm, we have a, a, a longer or a slower ripening period, you know, and... Um, and no, the acidity is not you know considerably much higher than what it is in, in San Jose, mm-hmm. even though they're the same altitude. But in San Jose, we have a longer uh, daylight daylight hours you know, right. come through, you know, so it's a little bit a little bit of a quicker ripening as a you know as compared to uh, Los Altos Mahamina. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I think with the, with the longer ripening period, you get more of a sugar development, so you probably it influences a little bit more of the sweetness. Okay, you know. Um, yeah, altitude is what really gives you the acidity in coffee, but, you know, nobody really knows. I mean, I, I haven't heard anybody, you know, telling me why that is. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, you know, you, you're never upset with a, with a higher altitude to a lower altitude, but I'm not quite sure why. You know, if somebody said it's 1,900 metres or 1,700 metres, I'd probably choose it to be 1,900 metres. Yeah. But I don't know why. I've no exactly. idea. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. Somebody caught me out. I, I was at, I was at a, a coffee event the weekend, and somebody asked me that question, yeah. and I just went, you talk about altitude all the time why I was like I don't know I talk about Sunderland all the time why (laughs) yeah no but I mean acidity also has a lot to do with 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 varietals Mm -hmm. we also have you know red catoyi at the same altitude that we'd have this yellow pacamara and it doesn't have that intensity you know and and, and refined acidity like this one has do you know I just just took a gulp then and what I'm used to with the washed yellow pacamaras is that creaminess and the Mm -hmm. kind of the viscosity of it and as this has cooled it's actually got super viscous as well it's it's... I mean something about the yellow pacamara that I love is that the way it changes as it cools Mm. you know so uh, you get a whole bunch of different experiences while you're enjoying the coffee yeah no definitely listen thank you for joining me for this one thank you for the amazing coffee Um, like you know we are like the only people we work with in Nicaragua is you guys because you give us all the variety we could possibly want um, and, and I properly love lots of these kind of, particularly uh, the yellow pacamaras and this is the first year of having the San Jose we've been really like pleased to share it with these guys right. and I know that they're going to love this one this, this yes. is a bit of a treat because this is not cheap coffee you know as Erwin said the yellow pacamara is a little bit more money and right. you know because it's a little bit more demand for it as well isn't exactly. it exactly but um, yeah so this is a treat to you guys to, for a very special uh, in my mug guest so thank you for joining me no thank you and do remember life is definitely too short for bad coffee